Tales from the Fringes of Reality, Episode 3, Mushroom Houses and Snailwood Trees. pull up the next one and oh good well morning i suppose it's nice to see you again wanderer don't worry you'll get used to the artificial time flow soon enough i wonder if you'll have to get used to the feeling of how time usually flows when you get back to your reality of course i mean it's not as though we have a sun here on the fringes to guide our day after all just the clocks that minerva sets for me so that I know when to take a break. I'm rambling again, aren't I? You're just in time for another job if you want to sit in on this one again. Who knows? Maybe it'll be you. The last few weren't, just so you know. I've done... how many today, Nan? Oof, I'm definitely slipping. I'd usually get through more than that. No matter. Next one is ready for us. Take a seat if you'd like. There's some food on the table that I left for you. You're giving me quite the look right now, Wanderer. Is everything okay? Oh, the food. I mean, I need to eat, you know? And I like cooking. Oh, is it's about the whole magic thing, isn't it? I mean... Magic does create food for me, thanks to Alistair's care, but... Minerva, can you try sending another message to Guillermo and Opal about getting the language filter fixed? Thank you, lovely. Anyway, Wanderer, I'm... Well, I'm not quite sure what I am, but I do need to eat, hence the food. Don't worry, it's all safe. I wouldn't let anything harm you. Yes, yes, I know, Minerva. I'm getting back to work, don't you worry. Feel free to join us if you'd like, Wanderer. Otherwise, I think I've got a few books that Guillermo brought me. But I'm not sure they'll be in any language you speak. Opal did bring me some puzzles as well, if those take your fancy. All right, Min, I'm coming. Who did we find this time? Amy Chen. She, her? From... 38B-C. All right, let me just pull the file up and... Got it. Wait, Min. Have I heard this name before? No, I know that there are plenty of people out there with the same name. I guess I just... Right, no. I get it, Minerva. I was just a little concerned, is all. Could have sworn I had done a file on Amy Chen recently. It doesn't matter. Let's just get into it. Amy Chen, she, her, from 38B-C. 
Amy woke up in her bed alone, which, while it had happened before, was not a usual occurrence now that she had her cat, Starfruit. Usually Starfruit would either be curled up against her side or standing on her stomach, demanding to be fed. To find that Starfruit was not there with her in the morning concerned her, but it was easy enough to assume that the cat just wandered out of the room when Amy failed to wake up. Unusual, yes, but nothing so out of the ordinary as to be concerning. Stepping out of her bed to feel carpet beneath her feet was concerning, though. Amy had never been a fan of carpets and rugs, preferring the smoothness of wooden or tile floors over the various textures that carpets and rugs could bring. To see a bright blue carpet staring up at her was alarming, especially since she was already slightly on edge due to her missing cat. She tried to shake it off, walking out of her room and into the kitchen, only to find someone else there staring back at her in alarm. "'Who are you?' she demanded, wishing she had stopped to change out of her pajamas before having to confront this stranger, though she hadn't known the stranger would be there, so it's hardly as though she could have planned ahead. "'Shouldn't I be asking you that?' the stranger countered, glaring at Amy. "'I mean, you are in my house, after all.' Looking around the room, Amy saw that she really, truly, was not in her home. That didn't make any sense, as she knew she had gone home last night. Vivian had offered to take her to drinks to celebrate her promotion, but she had declined, wanting nothing more than to crawl into bed and forget that she had gotten promoted at all. Starfruit had curled up on her stomach, hers soothing her to sleep after such a rough day at work. She was certain that that had been how her evening went. And yet, here she was, in a stranger's house, having woken up in their bed without her cat in sight. It was clear that she should address the stranger, try to figure out how she got here and where she was, but something in Amy's soul was telling her that she didn't want to know the answer. So she ran. The door, thankfully, had been within her sights from the moment she had entered the kitchen, so she was able to bolt out without so much as thinking. It wasn't until she got a few blocks away from the house that she realized just how weird everything looked. When she had been in the house with its blue carpets and its plain slate walls, she had thought it to be fairly modern-looking. But upon stepping outside and actually taking in her surroundings, she didn't know how anything here could possibly be modern-looking at all. All of the houses, if you could even call them that, seemed to be more like huts. Some even looked like they were impossibly large mushrooms with doors carved into them, like something out of a fairy tale. The ground beneath her looked like the sidewalks she was used to, and yet they rested on either side of dirt roads with wagon wheel roofs and hoof prints aplenty. It was like she had somehow found her way into a children's novel, and there was part of her that wondered if she was still dreaming. But she knew she wasn't. She felt certain of that. Because fear like the fear gripping her chest right now would have woken her up if this were a dream. That only left the startling possibility that this was real. Part of Amy was considering turning around and walking back to the house she woke up in that was not her home. But she couldn't do that. Not when she ran out instead of answering perfectly reasonable questions. So she held her robe more tightly to her instead, walking down the street and taking the sights of the city that had transformed around her in her sleep. It was so much more beautiful than the crowded city she had lived in her whole life. The city was beautiful in its own way, but this place mixed with nature and construction felt like 
Each building was a living entity. For all she knew, they were. Eventually, she wandered off far enough that the houses faded away to nothing but impossibly tall trees with leaves that looked as though they were pure gold. She tried her best to climb up one of them, pulling herself higher and higher into the sky until she felt she was high enough to see the whole world. It wasn't really the whole world she was seeing, of course, but that was always how Amy described working in one of the high-rises in the city. She could stare out the office window and see the entirety of Greenwood stretching out ahead of her. Unlike the Greenwood of her hometown, this place she was in now was actually green and wooded, as opposed to the metal and concrete of a city that never seemed to end. She could see the barest twinkling of lights in the distance, almost like the fireflies she used to catch when she was out of the city to see her grandparents. There was something almost magical about this place, with its mushroom houses and impossibly tall trees. Something that made her wish that magic was real. If only you could see this place, Viv, she murmured into the empty space. It would definitely convince you that there's magic out there to be harnessed for stories. The sun was high in the sky when Amy realized that she needed to eat and put on more sturdy clothes than just her pajamas. The cool breeze of the day causing her to shiver and almost lose balance in the tree branch. Making her way back down, Amy thought about heading back into the little city that she had fled from, perhaps asking the person whose home she'd woken up in for help. Turns out, she didn't need to worry about that. Why in the name of Riverbend would you decide the best course of action was to climb one of the snailwood trees? Someone called to Amy as she made her way down to the forest floor below. As she disembarked from the safety of the tree, she saw that it was the same person whose home she had essentially invaded earlier. How did you find me? Tracking spell, the person answered, arms crossed. Her face must have betrayed her confusion because the person rolled their eyes. What? You've never heard of a tracking spell before. They don't have those where I'm from, she answered defensively. Another eye roll, this one accompanied by an extended hand. Mike. She shook it warily. Amy. Well, Amy, what do you say we get you some food and some clothing that can withstand the winds of Winter's Edge? Mike led Amy back out of the forest and into the city of Winter's Edge, waving hello to people as he went and trying his best to draw attention away from Amy. His clothing looked like something straight out of a fantasy novel. Tunic and puffy pants and greens and creams with an honest creation knife holster on his belt. Upon closer inspection, his house looked almost like a little log cottage, complete with puffs of smoke coming out of the chimney. And yet, when he opened the door, Amy could almost believe she was back in an apartment in Greenwood City, ready to look out the window to see the concrete jungle surrounding her. It wasn't until she sat down at the small wooden table in the kitchen that Amy realized Mike had been staring at her oddly. Before she could question it, he stuck out his hand, swirling it in the air and conjuring a blue light around his fingertips. When the light faded, Amy realized her pajamas had been replaced with a tunic and a sturdy dress. There. That should be better for you if you decide you want to climb any more snailwood trees. How did you do that? You're acting like you've never seen magic before. <laughs> Mike said with a laugh, tapping his hands on the table and making a sandwich appear in front of her. Her disbelief must have been evident as Mike slumped back against his chair, looking at her aghast. 
How have you never seen magic before? She barely resisted the urge to shout, Because magic isn't real! Choosing instead to look at the facts of the situation. Clearly this wasn't a dream, and clearly magic had been done. Amy didn't know why or how, but this was her life now until she could figure out how to get home. There's no magic where I'm from. And before you even bother to ask, I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how you doing magic is possible. I am terrified and hungry and tired, even though I just woke up and really, what I would really like is to lay down and close my eyes and hope that I am back home when I open them. Is that something I can do? I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have phrased things like that. Let, let me get you some more food, and then you could take a nap on the couch. Or, well, I suppose you might not know the ingredients I'm talking about if they've got any magic in them. Is soup okay? Amy looked up at her companion, feeling a deep sense of gratitude and a deeper sense of shame at how she reacted. Soup is great, Mike. Thank you. I... It's a weird day when you wake up in a stranger's bed, and you don't know how you got there. Also, when you find out that magic is real. <laughs> Mike nodded thoughtfully before heading over to an honest to creation cauldron over a fire pit in the kitchen that Amy hadn't noticed when she fled earlier. If you'd like, I can take you to the Magician's Guild later today. They might have some idea of how to get you home. A Magician's Guild? Back home, that meant guys in hop hats and bow ties who did card tricks on the street, and hypnotists who swore that they knew her cat's name was Starfruit, and just said fruit bag as a joke. But here, where magic was real and was used to track her location in impossibly tall trees, Amy couldn't help but think that the Magician's Guild was nothing to be trifled with. If Mike sensed any hesitation in her voice, he didn't comment on it, passing her a bowl of soup and pulling out some sort of glowing rock. He muttered something into it, causing a burst of light to spring from the rock surface. Yes, Macophony, what do you want? A voice from the rock called, echoing around Mike's little living space. I found a girl. About time, the voice muttered. Isn't that all this is about? Mike's face grew frustrated, teeth clenched in a way that Amy knew had to be painful, given how sharp they looked. She's lost, Lionella. So lost that she doesn't even know what magic is. The voice, Lionella, apparently, sighed. And why is that my problem, Macophony? Do you think anyone at the guild might be able to do something about it? help her find her way home? Mike looked awkwardly at Amy, as if he was also uncomfortable with talking about her while in sight of her. We're a magician's guild, Macophony, not a band of miracle workers. Another sigh, this time less cutting than before. Bring her by, I'll see what I can do. Mike set down the rock as the light that seemed to burst from it before faded away. Sorry about her. 
Lionella is one of the greatest casters I've ever met, but she can be a bit brusque. It's fine, Macophony. Mike cringed at that, giving Amy a glare that didn't last long before he broke out into a smile again. You really think she could get me home? Only one way to find out. Go ahead, take a nap. I'll get everything ready for us to go to the guild after you wake up. Alright, Min, that's it. We seem to have caught this one pretty early on. That's where the file cuts out as far as memory of new reality goes. If we're fast, she might even think it was all a dream from a nap she didn't remember laying down for. Let's look at what we know. This reality intersects heavily with the plane of magic, to the point where it's uncommon for people to have no idea about magic. Then there are those trees. First flowers, then trees. It seems you bring a great deal of nature themed jobs with you, huh, Wanderer? Min, can you do a quick scan through our file for snail trains? I know I've heard of them before, so they're not going to be the rarest, but maybe we can narrow it down from there. 85 realities? That's too many to quickly do a file check. She kept saying they were impossibly tall. How many realities have giant snail with trees, Minerva? 27. Okay, getting closer. Of those 27, how many are on the plane of magic? 13. And how many of those have mushroom houses? Hmm. What about... Hmm. What about a macophony? Anything on that front? Minerva, you marvelous piece of magic, I think you found her. Reality 7274. Can you pull up a picture, please, Minerva? Oh, look at that. Mushroom houses, log cabins, impossibly tall trees. I definitely say that matches the description. Pulling up 7274's file. And there's Amy Chen. Let's get you home, Amy. Min, can you do me a favor and keep an eye on her for a little bit? I know we need to get back to work soon, but I'll probably grab a quick nap before we get started again. You were right earlier. It has been a while since I've actually slept. They've waited this long in other realities. They could wait a little longer so I could do my job properly. But I do want to keep an eye on Amy. Make sure she adjusts back okay after all of that. That's the thing about non-magical people falling into magical realities, Wanderer. It always has the potential to go a little wrong. <laughs> From what Alexandria and Guillermo have told me, people don't remember what they experience in other realities. Their memories are stored in our files here, sure, but they don't exist for those people anymore. Not in a tangible way. It feels more like a dream than anything else, from what I understand. But with magic realities, those are more likely to have people latching onto them a little harder. Especially if the person comes from a place with no magic in it. It's always best to watch them for a little while after, 
and make sure they didn't accidentally cause a magic leak into the reality. Usually I'd do that myself, but Minerva's right. I do need to sleep. You're free to stick around when I'm back to working if you'd like, or... Or you could hang out in the other room. I don't mind. It's a heavier day today, after all, and I'm not going to be very good company. Choice is yours, though. We'll see you in a little while. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Fringes of Reality. This episode was written and narrated by Pine Gonzalez, featuring music by GTXC Music. Please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, or feel free to connect with us on Tumblr and Twitter at The Fringes Pod. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you back here on The Fringes again soon.